Welcome to the C12 Podcast. C12 is a college and young adult ministry where 20-somethings at 12 Stone Church gather on Thursday nights. We hope you are encouraged and guided by today's message. It's the best night of the week. Uh, man, it's so good. It's so good to be here. Uh, if you miss us on the way in, hey, we love just to get a, a chance to meet you, and we'll throw the, the little uh, QR code on the screen behind us, and it's just a way that, hey, you can just let us know that you're here. We just love to kind of get you plugged into our ministry family, maybe just take some next steps, and maybe you kind of showed up a little late, and that's okay, but we just love to get you connected uh, to our family, and uh, if it is your first night, we just want to say welcome home. We're so glad that you are here with us at C12 on Thursday, and uh, we just want to recap a little bit of last week. So we had a, a community night last week. How many got a chance to be a part of that uh, community night last week? Man, it was a ton of fun. A little throwback snack Thursday. Uh, man, all the smiles and <laughs> uh, Sunny D. Anybody get a chance to get a Sunny D in? A Capri Sun? Uh, the baby bottle pop. Who had a baby bottle pop? I envy you. They were gone in 4.2 seconds. Like they were... Those things were snatched up. Uh, I just, I, I also kind of love, like, hey, you, you, you do you, man. Like when I, when, when you kind of have like leftover snacks, you just kind of like start piling it in random boxes, you know, and you just like start taking it home. And uh, we all know that, hey, you know, uh, you probably didn't save it. You probably ate it on the way home. <laughs> so let's just, uh, let's just be honest. That was maybe just me. Uh, but hey, we're going to do more things like that. We're going to have a, another community night at the end of September. So this month, uh, welcome to September. We're having one at the September 29th. It is the last Thursday uh, of this month. And we're going to have a worship and community night. So uh, what that looks like is, hey, we're going to have a worship night similar. Who got to be a part of the worship night back in June? Anybody? Um, I love that. I love that. Keep that going. Uh, okay. I'm honestly not expecting that, but I love it. All right. What's up? Um, anyways, all right, moving on. Uh, man, we're going to have another worship and uh, community night where, hey, we just get to kind of be in a round circle. We just get to be in the presence of Jesus. And what that night looks like is we'll actually take time to kind of break uh, aside, and we'll actually go ahead in, in different rooms. And uh, anyone in college in the room, you go to GGC, UNG, Gwinnett Tech, where you at? Hey, night hands, nice and high. Uh, hey, we're going to have a, something inside of a Thursday night where you get to be uh, uh, connected, and you just get to meet other people that are in your stage of life that maybe go to your school school. Um, and we're going to have that uh, separate outside of that Thursday uh, as kind of a breakaway time from the time of worship. Uh, any young professionals in the room? You're outside of school. You are uh, <laughs> adulting. <laughs> you sounded more excited, you know, the fact you weren't in school anymore. Uh, but hey, the same is true for you. So if you are, uh, man, you're a teacher at school. Where are my teachers at? We got a bunch of teachers in the front row. Let's go. Uh, it's the only vocation I highlight. If you work other stuff, we appreciate you. We love you. Uh, I just want you to know that. But we have something uh, set aside for you as well where you just get to uh, meet other people that are also in your stage of life. Uh, maybe people are like, man, I'm just trying to figure out finances, 401k, a place to live. Uh, it's expensive these days. Come on. Uh, maybe you're like, hey, can I come to see 12 find a roommate? Like, I'm just trying to uh, make the cost of living a little lower. Uh, but I am. That was maybe too real for some of you. You're like, no, that's actually why I'm here. Um, <laughs> but I'm really excited for tonight because we get to kick off a uh, brand new series uh, uh, called Church on Fire. And uh, we're going we're gonna to take the next few weeks diving into the, the book of Acts. Uh, and what does it mean to be a ministry that is sold out for the gospel? What does it mean to be a ministry that's sold out uh, for the church of how God designed it? See, in, in Scripture, God is known as an all-consuming fire, and therefore we as his church, we, we either represent God as an all-consuming fire, or we don't represent him at all. <laughs> 
So we, we're either a church on fire, on fire or we're not a, a church on fire at all. So we represent God or we don't represent him at all. And I hope that in this series, God brings you back to really what is the gospel movement? Like what, what is the gospel movement? And let me just say it differently. This series might feel a little bit more like a kind of quote unquote vision series. Maybe tonight it just feels more like a, more, a little bit of vision. We'll kind of unpack the book of Acts as we get later on to the month. But we're going to kind of insert some things of vision, some things that we're going to be doing inside of C12 and things moving forward. But I hope and pray that out of this series that you get a better understanding of what does it mean to be a spirit-filled follower of Jesus? What does it mean to be a spirit-filled follower of Jesus? What does it mean to be a part of a spirit-filled church? So throughout this series, I'm just going to talk to you like you're the home team in the locker room. Can I do that? Yeah. Cool, because what were you going to say? No? Like we're going to uh, do it anyways. Um, maybe I'm going to be a little bit more candid. Uh, I'm, I might be more straightforward throughout this series. And maybe out of tonight, I'm going to be, it's going to sound like, oh man, things are kind of packing a punch with it. Because let's be honest, how many of us are sick and tired of fake Christians who don't live out what they preach? Go ahead and raise your hand. Okay, how many of us have been those people that other people were once sick and tired of? Yeah, we don't want to raise our hand for that one, do we? No. How many of us have been hurt by the church? Go ahead and raise your hand. How many of us have hurt other people? How many of us are sick and tired of being around hypocrites? Like, man, the church is full of them. How many of us have ever been a hypocrite? So we can just keep raising our hands. We could do this all day long. We can just, we can just keep going with all the questions, all, all of our hands raised. So let's just level the playing field. Okay, when it comes to deconstruction and church hurt, we've all been hurt by the church. Maybe in some ways, some of us in this room are, are deconstructing what does it mean to be a part of the church. And at the end of the day, when you feel like, hey, the church has hurt you, at, at moments and at times, we have also hurt other people. And, but we're all a part of the, of, of the church. We're all part of the same team. And maybe it feels like, man, the church can just be a little bit screwed up they jacked up, which is full of just broken people. A welcome home. You're in the right place. <laughs> because we don't rely on, on trying to strive for perfectionism. We rely, and man, we choose to chase Jesus and what he can do in our life. And we strive for holiness because I know that we'll never be perfect, but you know Jesus is. And if he can continuously make me holy, then we can live in a world that we can reach other people for Jesus and share that hope with him too. And if tonight's your first night and you're just like, man, this is my first time being here, welcome. Glad you're here. Man, we, we pray for you on a weekly basis. I know the struggle of what it means to, man, find community, and we want to do all that we can just to help you get engaged with it. And so tonight, let's just jump in. Y'all ready? Y'all got notes, Bibles out. Let's just go ahead and jump in. Uh, <laughs> Ow! Is the new, like, C12 slogan uh, thing ever going. Uh, but hey, well, I want to answer the question tonight. What does it mean to be a, a church on fire? Let's just kind of personalize it. How do I be on fire for Jesus? <laughs> See, at some point, it feels like things become stale or dry or detached. How many of you have ever felt like, man, something in my faith, dude, it just, it feels dry, it feels boring, detached. I just, I, I feel like I'm just maybe detached from God's presence it's one of the, the hardest things to do that the longer you follow Jesus, the hardest thing to do is to continuously stay on fire for him. The longer you follow Jesus, maybe some of you really, that hits home because you know, hey, you grew up in the church. You know this stuff. Hey, I grew up going to Sunday school and Wednesday night and I was a part of all this stuff. And, and it, as you get older, it becomes harder to have the consistent fire, what it means to stay on fire for Jesus in every season. 
And I just kind of want to bring a, a little bit of a backdrop. I want to paint a little bit of a context. And I'm not sure what images come to your mind when you hear the word church. Maybe it's hurt. Maybe it's pain. Maybe it's uh, maybe think of, of church as some ideology. Maybe think of it as like an organization or an institution. Maybe you think it's oh the church. Well, that's just that you know that's just that's them. <laughs> that's kind of what the pastors do. That, 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 that's somebody else's role. Maybe that's what they do. Maybe you view the church as like, well, it's just a building. And see how some might view the church today is a good ways off from how some of the early century Christians would have viewed the church. See, if you're taking notes, we didn't make this a slide, but I want you to go ahead and write it down. The church at its core was essentially a gospel movement. The church at its core in the book of Acts was essentially a gospel movement. It's a movement built around a conviction that Jesus has died as the savior of the world. He died for sinners. He died for them. He died for you. He died for me. He had resurrected on the third day and defeating death and once and for all overcoming the power of sin. Thank you, Jesus. And you look at in the Greek New Testament, this word church actually gets translated as ekklesia, which means literally an assembly or, or a gathering of people around an idea. In fact, if you actually break down that word, ekklesia, the ek, mean, it really means out of, and, and kaleo, which means called out. So ekklesia can be viewed as a movement of people called around this gospel story. And in the first three to four centuries, you're like, well, what has the church always looked like? And we kind of, over our, our, in our series on biblical knowledge, we unpacked what it, where, where did the church come from and what is the church and where did the Bible come from? We kind of hit at some of that stuff. But really in the first three to four centuries of Christianity, they didn't have like this designated building where they, they go to. They met in homes and they met around because of persecution. It, it shifted some of the way that they do things. And over time, eventually started meeting in a, in a building in a public place. And, and, and over time, when that you start to meet in a public place, people start to view the church maybe less as a but more as this church, which really comes from a German word, which means Kirche, which means a sacred place where, where you gather for religious purposes. Kirche. Let, let, let me go ahead and just write it out for you. Kirche. See if I can spell this out. It's my only German word that I know. <laughs> or it's maybe Ecclesia. See, this really meant it's, it, it's the people. It's, it's, it's the body. It's an assembly. It's, it's a gathering. And over time, people started to view now as, as Kirche, which is something that, well, now it's just a location. Now it's just something that I go to. It's something that, I, it's, it's a building, it's a spot. And I think the danger, the danger of how maybe we start to lose the fire of Jesus in us, the danger of what it means to maybe be a church on fire is that we start becoming more like a Kirche instead of an Ecclesia. We start viewing church as it's a building that I go to. C12 is a, is, it's a building that I go to. It's a place that I, it's just a location. It's not, it's not people. It's just, hey, hey, C12, that, that's just a place that I go to on Thursday night. Let's just go all the way back. Let's just look at maybe where all this had started in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 1. If you got a Bible with you, if you got uh, the, the U version, you go ahead and pull it up. We're going to sit inside Acts 1. I'm only going to camp out in two verses, and we're going to kind of throw some things, a vision inside there. And we're we're going to take time to really go through and unpack the book of Acts for the rest of this month. But I wanted to, to kind of camp out and at least paint a backdrop of what's happening. This is in Acts 1, verse 3. It says this. It says, after his suffering, okay, this was a suffering that Jesus endured, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. 
On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria until the ends of the earth. What's happening? Okay, this is now where Jesus is basically ascending into heaven. And you see this in the next verse that he ascends back into heaven. He says, hey, when I ascend, there's going to be the one, it's, it's the gift that my father promised, which is the Holy Spirit, and he's going to come and descend upon you. So now it's in your court. It's not, hey, Jesus, what are you going to do? Now Jesus is asking the same question of what are you going to do? You go be my witnesses. You go love people. You go serve people. This is Jesus' way of saying, hey, it's your turn. You go be the church to other people. You go be a witness of what I've done. But you got to admit, it's kind of like the, the, the strangest thing that you've ever seen. It's, it's like, okay, now Jesus just says all this stuff. It's such a big command, and, and, then, and then he ascends. And I'm just trying to picture it in the moment. Like, hey, dude, here's the command, and like, I'm outie. And like, he just like, woo! And then you're like looking at him like, uh, is this like real life? Like, it, it feels like a movie scene that you're like, what the heck is happening? How many of you have ever like watched a movie, and you're like, what the heck is happening in this scene? You're like, uh, okay, I, 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 I want to know, like, what, what's the weirdest movie scene that you feel like you've seen? What, what, what's the weirdest? Raise your hand. I want to, uh, I'm just going to call on you. I want to pick out, yeah, what, what's the weirdest movie you've seen and why? The, the movie Nope? Why is it weird? Why, why, is, the, why is the movie? It's about aliens or something. Okay. It makes no sense. Okay. Okay. What about, what another one? Another, yeah, yeah. Deadpool. Why is it the weirdest movie you've ever seen? Every time he cuts off his arm, he says baby hands. I've never seen the movie, so I wouldn't know. Let's do two more. Two more. Yeah, right here. Oh, my gosh. You win. You win. You won. You, that's, that's the weirdest movie. Automatically in the description. It was like too many words long. I, I got lost. So do one more. One more. Uh, all the way back there. Yeah, yeah. Weirdest movie you've ever seen and why? Chicken Little's weird. Why? Why is Chicken Little weird? And then it just sucks. And then you're like, why did I watch this? You know? <laughs> okay. Okay. So you all had that movie that's weird. Like you've all had a movie like you're thinking of. See, that movie for me, okay, is Titanic. How many of you guys love Titanic? I know. I know. I'm about to break some hearts in the room. About to lose, about to lose some influence maybe. Titanic was just like, man, what are we, what's happening? Like there's so many scenes that I'm just like, I'm confused. The ship is sinking and you're still playing an instrument. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, it's like, it's about to go down. Like, you're just still playing the violin. Like, I'm faithful. I'm faithful with what I'm doing. Like, you know, the ship's going down. Like, nope, Jerry, play the piano. We're still playing. It's not down yet. Okay, in the last scene, okay, you know, why does Jack have to drown? Like, why, we couldn't figure out another method, like another door, like another means to, did I say his wrong name? Oh, all right, so it's Jack. All right, <laughs> clearly I'm a big Titanic fan. I don't even know the main character. Uh, 
I was, I was so confused. I was like, dude, just like figure it out. Like, is there not another door you can cling on to? Like, and then you like let him go and you're like, Jack, I miss you. I'm like, you clearly don't. You like, you love the door way more than him. Like he's, he's drowning. Like you, you let him go. Like there's so many scenes in that movie. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm so confused. <laughs> it feels like I have no idea what's going on. See, for the disciples, it's like this, it's kind of like this weird, like crazy scene where you're like, what the heck just happened? Like all of a sudden, you know, you just like, you gave us like this big assignment that, that I could ever imagine. And then you just leave us basically with no plan, no steps. Like, what do I do from here? Now, now what? So let's just get into practicals. I got, I got two practicals tonight and then we're gonna kind of cover more throughout the series. But how do I be on fire for Jesus? Number one, come back to your why. Come back to your why. Why do you follow him? Why do you show up to C12? Why do you serve in other ministries? Why do you engage with community? We have to start with why, because it's actually the biggest question that the rest of the world is asking. Why do you follow him? Why does it matter? Why is it supposed to change my life? Why is the gospel good? How has it transformed your life? Why is it supposed to impact me? Why is it supposed to matter to me? This is the biggest question that people are asking is why, is it, why does it matter and how is it gonna change my life? How many times have you done something and you just had to ask yourself, like, why am I doing this? <laughs> you ever done something in your life? Why? Like, you get so far into it. It's a project. It's like, a, it's like an assignment. It's like you're doing something at home and you're like, what the heck? Like, why am I even doing this? You got to come back to your why. See, their why is the early church. It was this conviction that Jesus had died. See, it wasn't just like, hey, I just learned some story. It's just some passed along thing. But it was actually a burning conviction that actually led me to be on fire for Jesus and to be sold out. It was a conviction that Jesus actually died as a substitute for sinners. They didn't view Jesus as just some other religious guy, some other leader, just some other prophet. He's not just here to, 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 to kind of put out a message or campaign or mantra but it's actually, no, 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 Jesus is God himself. He's on a rescue operation to save his people, to actually save his world. And then the, and then the people crucified him. And it's actually kind of the, the world's biggest irony that the murder that people put Jesus on the cross, that he actually, it became a sacrificial death for us. And that became the payment that God accepted for sins that we, if we would acknowledge and receive that. And they really believed it was this burning conviction that Jesus actually rose from the dead and they understood that if that was actually true, it was actually the greatest act of grace that God demonstrated, which was sending his own son. It was the greatest act of grace that God would send his son for us to die in our place to be a substitute for our sin. See, that was their why. As the early church, they lived out of this burning conviction. Okay, my why. Maybe some of you in this room, you, you resonate a little bit with my story, I grew up in church. I went to every Sunday school. I gave my life to, to Jesus at a really young age. And, and how many grew up going to church? You went to, you know, all the little Sunday school things and you went to all that. And, and do you guys, do you have plays in your church? They ever do plays, uh, puppets? They do puppets? Yeah, I don't know. Why did, why did we do puppets? Why did we do that? Um, that's like terrifying now, you know? It's like, ee! I'm like, uh-uh, like, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> like, don't, <laughs> don't put that little thing in my face. Uh, and I grew up like going to every um, my little like play at our church. I grew up going to uh, every you know Sunday school and Wednesday night group. And and this is this was everything that I knew was like hey, church is something I go to. It's something that I, it's just a building I go to on Sunday. And see for me it didn't really become personal until I was in college. 
where I actually, I went to a ministry school. Maybe I haven't said it publicly, but I never, I never actually went to ministry school to become a pastor. The only reason I went to ministry school is I just feel like, hey, if God's real, I want to know more of who he is and if he can actually transform my life. And so I went to a ministry school to actually learn about who Jesus was. I went to a ministry school to actually figure out, okay, what is this whole spiritual formation thing? What does the Holy Spirit actually do in your life? And as I was literally in a classroom, it was a spiritual formation class, and there's this book called Renovation of the Heart, and I just remember reading through it, and I just remember understanding actually the personhood of who Jesus was. See, growing up, it wasn't bad, it wasn't discounted, but I had to, in some ways, maybe deconstruct some major themes that I had just kind of added to it, and I really needed to get a better picture of the personhood of who Jesus was. And it led to me getting baptized when I was in college. Right before I was on a ministry team, and, and I'm just going public with my faith, and I just remember God encountering me in that moment, and I remember, hey, all the addiction, all the shame, all the baggage, all the depression, all the anxiety, all the mental health struggles, I just remember God being in there in that moment when I not only gave my life to Jesus as a kid, but even throughout college, when I made it more personal for me, I saw God encounter me in a real way that it just, it didn't become something that I just chose to believe, it, it became a burning conviction in me that I know that God's real, not because of what he did in the early church, but because of what he did in me. That he's kind and that God's patient and that God's forgiving and that he actually brings truth into my life. And this even leads into two and a half years ago, how God reignited the flame of just what it means to be a pastor in February of 2020 when I just felt like, man, I blew it. I was, I was all done for. I was gone. I, I didn't feel like I'd ever step back into a full-time ministry position ever again. And, and God encountered me the same way that he did four years ago and just reigniting the flame once again. See, that's my why. What, what's our why as a ministry? For our why, I'll just throw it up. But here's the vision. At 12 Sons, because of the rescuing hand of Jesus. Maybe, maybe you've heard us before. I just, I hope it becomes more of a, almost a burning conviction for you. Because of the rescuing hand of Jesus, we pursue personal transformation one life at a time, which means as a ministry of C12 that we're, that we're always focused on the one. We're always focused on the one that's in front of us. We're always focused on the one that's maybe at work that you're like, man, I, I really believe God put me here to kind of bless this person. Maybe it, it's, it's just the one that you go to school with. It's the one that's in your classroom. It's the one that maybe you don't feel like you'd ever have an impact in. And, and this, this is what we get to do as a ministry, that we get to go love the one who is far from God, but maybe they're really close to us. See, everybody matters to Jesus, therefore everybody matters to us. This is why we fight as hard as we can as a ministry. We won't be perfect. Not every church will be perfect. But this is why we fight so hard to be as intentional as we can. This is why we do C12 Connect. This is why we do small groups. This is why we, on a Thursday night, there's an intentional process if you're new. This is, why, this is why we come together even on a Thursday night because we just get to celebrate what God's doing in, 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 in our lives. This is why we get to celebrate what God's doing and how God transformed New Paul's life and how God transformed Delaney's life and Raphael and Max. And like we get to celebrate what God's doing in people individually. And we get to celebrate corporately the life transformation that only Jesus can bring. So on a personal level, this is what we get to do. Hey, we're going to focus on the one. And as a ministry, what does it mean to be a church on fire? What does it mean to be sold out on fire for Jesus? Over the next uh, couple weeks, so in three weeks, everybody say three weeks. 
Uh, we can say more unction. Everybody say three weeks. Three weeks. Three weeks, <laughs> three weeks from now. Hey, we're going to have some uh, things in the lobby, and maybe you started to kind of catch on to it a little bit. We said it uh, from stage from time to time. I've kind of interwoven it in, in some sermons, but you know it's actually our heart as a ministry is that, hey, I know that we have some small group leaders that are intergenerational leaders. Intergenerational leadership is a big value to this ministry, and we got small group leaders like Steve and Annette. Uh, anybody in Steve and Annette's group? Uh, man, we got uh, Austin Devenue. Anybody in his group? Man, we got some people. <laughs> Come on, man. There we go. Uh, we got some other intergenerational leaders in the mix that, hey, uh, 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 Michelle and, and Helen and, and other people that, man, they just want, they just so believe in you and they want to pour into you. That there's wisdom to be learned and wisdom to be gained from someone who's older that, hey, as a ministry, when there's people that are older than us that want to pour into us as college students, as young adults, we're going to shift our attention. Let's do the same and let's go all in for next gen. And let's start pouring in the lives of K-12, M-12, and H-12. Come on, we can get excited about that. That we're going to start to shift our focus to really start making an impact in the next generation because they're looking, they're, they're desperately looking for is someone who is in college and young adult, are they following Jesus and how can I look out after their life? And so in three weeks, we're going to have things out in the lobby. If you're interested and you want to, hey, dude, I want, I want to be sold out for this next-gen thing. I want to start making a difference in the lives of someone who's in middle school and high school. I want to start making an impact in somebody else's life who's younger than me. I just really believe that maybe God would use us as a ministry to start impacting the next generation in our church. And the second thing is global mission trips. <laughs> you're like, okay, tell me more. <laughs> You've heard me talk about Africa, haven't you? <laughs> and you're like, what, what are we doing? What, what, what's the status on that? What are we going after? See, in March of, of 2023, we're going to be taking a trip to Africa where we get to go to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We get to go to represent, hey, what does it mean? Hey, when it, when it comes to being on fire for Jesus, when it means to become a, a church that's on fire for Jesus, that, hey, we're going to go love and serve those that are local, and we're going to go love and serve those that are global. And so we're going to go to Sierra Leone, <laughs> And we're going to have signups for that. But we're not just doing one trip. We're going to do two trips. <laughs> we're having a second trip to Guatemala in July of 2023. That, hey, maybe God has just put in you and he's just been stirring something in your heart. And you're like, dude, I got to go make an impact globally. I got to go, bam, learn what it means to be the hands and feet of Jesus to other people. We just really believe that, hey, God can do that in the next generation of our church. And we really believe, hey, God's calling us to go be the hands and feet of Jesus on a global scale. And this will be the first time that 12 Stone's ever taken a global trip uh, since COVID. And we get to be the first ones as a ministry to go be the hands and feet of people to Jesus in Africa and Guatemala. And this is what we get to do. And so, hey, in three weeks, we're going to have something. Everyone say three weeks. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> then we're going to have some, hey, tents out in the lobby. We're going to have more information about next gen and, and global. If you're interest, interested in some of that stuff, hey, we want to follow up. And we're going to have some of the, uh, just a tent out there and people out there that you can connect with and you can put your information to because we really, really believe that, hey, maybe God's put a calling inside of you. That you're like, I want to take a trip. I want to start making an impact in the next generation. That's what it looks like to make, it, make an impact. And, and this is some of the uh, uh, things that we've done uh, over in the past. And we've done things like pop-ups. How many of you guys got to be a part of a C12 
12 pop-up. Went to Brewster's out in the Mall of Georgia. Uh, we got to be a part of those. Hey, we're going to do things, um, do more things like that. So in the fall, there's not a date set, but there's going to be something that we do. Hey, it's just called a C12 pop-up, which means, hey, we're going to go out in the community, which could look like, hey, we're going out to uh, Duncan Creek Park and we're just playing volleyball. You know what? We're going to get to, uh, you know, just play volleyball, have pizzas, we have food, and we want to go get into love on other people that are in the community. What better way to be the church than to go outside the walls and you get to invite other people into the community and get to just say, hey, you know what? We're hanging out. Why don't you come hang with us? And we just so love you and God loves you. And I just really believe that maybe God could use us to bless the community around us. That maybe God could just use us to start blessing people outside the church walls. I think we'll get to be on mission inside the church walls and outside the church walls. See, that gets to be our why. What's your why? Personalize it for you. What's your why? Where do you need God to maybe reignite the flame? Where have you maybe become dry and distant? Where is it maybe the flame of like, man, I just don't feel like I'm on fire for Jesus. I just don't feel like it, the flame is as big as what it used to be. Maybe where have you become dry or distant? Here's the second thing. And we're going to wrap up. I'm not going to camp here long. Stay devoted to the church. Stay devoted to, how do you be on fire for Jesus? You got to stay devoted to the church. Somebody once asked and they were like, well, man, can't you be a Christian and not part of a church? I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, you could in theory, but you mean, I just let's take this analogy. Just because someone's homeless, does that make them healthy? I think, hey, if they're actually a part of a home, they're actually part of like, man, having some of their physical needs and emotional needs met, that maybe that there just could be more restoration there. And I think if you're actually part of a church home, you get to be a really rooted and around other people who get to push, who get to push you in your faith with Jesus, who get to encourage you and who get to come alongside of you. And you get to see this in, in, in Acts. And again, I want to paint a backdrop for this in Acts 2, and I just want to highlight this. So when the day of Pentecost came, this is in Acts 2. This is now right after, okay, Jesus said, hey, ball's kind of in your court. So now they're just kind of waiting, and they're sitting around, and, and now uh, and they're just waiting for God to encounter. They're waiting for the Holy Spirit to come, to kind of honestly just really ignite a flame in them. And it says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they had heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one, each one had heard their own language being spoken." Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how, how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and other parts of Libya near Cyrene. just goes on and on and on. And really what he's getting at, he says, it really, in verse 12, he says, amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? And some, however, made fun of them and said they've had too much wine. It's always like the, the little end. Have you ever come across a patches like the little end of something? You're like, what, what, why you got to add that in there? Maybe they had too much wine. And maybe if we just put it in our context, maybe it's like, man, you have a little a beer for breakfast. You're like, <laughs> you're watching the UGA game. And you're like, man, no, you're just drunk, dude. Like, you're not, like, you're, you're not, man, full of the spirit. And this is what he's saying. They've had too much wine. And Peter goes on. You, when you read the context after Acts 2, that he's actually filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's where the power and the authority actually comes from. 
And then he goes on to to preach a pretty audacious message, and 3,000 people came to know Jesus that day. They were repentant and came to be baptized. Why? Because he had in him, in Peter, a burning conviction. It's not just something that I know about. It's not just something, some Bible story I heard one time. It's not just a slogan, but it's actually this burning conviction that I really, really believe in what Jesus came to do, that he actually died. He actually was on the cross. He actually died for our sins, that I just so believe that there's no other greater message in the gospel. And they grew so fast. And then you see this in Acts 2. And now they got to establish a little bit of organization to it all. And it says they devoted themselves. They what? Oh, you can say it all out. They what? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with the awe, the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. <laughs> It goes on how they met every day and they broke bread and they were, they were together. They, de- they devoted themselves. They devoted to stay a part of the church. And I'm not talking the, the Kirche church. I'm talking the Ecclesia church. They were devoted to each other. They were devoted to each other as a church. And they stayed devoted in the hard times they say devoted when you maybe, when they had no hope. I think it's a challenge for us that, hey, when things get hard, stay devoted to the church. Stay devoted to community. Stay devoted to other people who follow Jesus. Stay devoted when you feel like you just want to give up. Stay devoted when you feel like you just have no hope. Stay devoted when you feel like you're just at a rope's end. Stay devoted when you feel like all you want to do is just push away. Stay devoted when you feel like you just want to just make unhealthy habits. Stay devoted when you feel like, you know what, the church is dumb, it's pointless, I just don't want to be a part of it. Stay devoted to the church because God has built the church. He's the head of the church. He's the chief cornerstone of the church, and he wants to use the church to go and reach the world. So let's stay devoted to the church and encourage each other because this is what God has called us to stay devoted to it stay devoted to the thing that maybe you don't want to be a part of because nobody really deep down you didn't come here tonight and be like you know what I want it to be lonely I want it to be hopeless I want it to be without people no you come here because you're like I just so desperately want community stay devoted to it and we're going to end tonight and we're just going to sing out this song song is actually called Holy Spirit. And we just kind of hope and pray throughout, hey, this song that, man, you would just not just stay devoted together as the church, but you'd stay devoted to God's presence. He's the one who saved you. He's the one who redeems you. He's the one who continuously brings life change. And as I pray, I just want you to stand in this room. I want you to stand and and we're going to take time to worship and leaning into who, who is the Holy Spirit? This is what the Church of Acts came to do. They, they gathered regularly. They, they broke bread together. They hung out. They ate food. And, and, and in a context like today, hey, as a ministry of C12, we just get to gather together every single week. We come together as, as the church, as the body. We stay devoted to it because we're devoted to the thing God calls us to. And I just want to take a moment just to pray over you. And I don't know what like your week has been like, what your month has been like. But maybe for you, you're like, I just needed the challenge to just at least stay devoted. I needed tonight just to be reminded that God is still here. That God is good, isn't he? Isn't God good? <laughs> and all the time. <laughs> Welcome to Sunday morning. <laughs> 
But hey, maybe in this moment, you just reminded the fact that God is just faithful to you. And maybe throughout this song, you just need to be reminded of God's goodness, that the Holy Spirit is here in the room, that his presence is here, that the Holy Spirit actually wants to wash you with his love. He wants to comfort you. He wants to teach you. This is what the Holy Spirit is known as, is a comforter. And so I just want to pray over you. So God, I just ask that in this room, God, that you, God, would just remind people that you're good. God, would you remind people of your faithfulness? Would you remind people, God, that you are such a faithful and good God? That your Holy Spirit is working and it's active and it's in this room and you, Holy Spirit, want to speak to people. God, no matter where we're at, no matter what stage of life that we're in, God, we just ask that your presence, God, would cover us as a ministry. God, would it shower, God, would your presence, God, just shower upon us. And God, whatever angst, whatever anxiety, whatever problems that we carry, God, would we just leave that at your feet? If you got things right now that you just, hey, I got to leave at Jesus' feet, you go ahead and you just begin to pray and you lay those things down. Maybe it's for you, it's anxiety. Maybe for you, there's just, there's things in your future that you're worried about. You don't know if it's going to happen. Maybe for you, there's just, depression has just weighed so heavily on you. Maybe for you, you're in this room and you're, you're just lacking purpose and the struggle to find out where do I fit in? Where do I belong? Go ahead and lay all that at Jesus' feet and be reminded that the Holy Spirit is moving and he's active. He wants to speak to you and he loves you. And so God, we're thankful for it. And we pray this in your name. Everybody said, amen. Let's worship C12. Thank you for listening to the C12 podcast today. To stay connected with C12, make sure to follow us on Instagram at C12stone. One of the best ways to get connected with others and grow in your relationship with God is jumping into a small group. To sign up for small groups, go to 12stone.com slash small groups and search college. We hope to see you next week.